my whole goal is to bring the message of what we do to people who haven't heard of us, people that have heard of us or that mm -hmm. work with us to strengthen those relationships. Because for us, you know, we're all about collaboration. We want to work with other programs. We want to work with other clinicians mm -hmm. side by side so that we can all service the clients the best that way that we can. And I really enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy hearing different perspectives on how to treat people because we, it's not just a one size fits all. Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Understanding the Human Condition. I'm your host, Dr. James Flowers. And I'm so excited to have Claudia Schwartz with us today. Claudia has worked with us for about two years here at J. Flowers Health Institute and she is the Vice President of Clinical Outreach, and she really covers the world, but her main priority is covering the United States. And Claudia, you recently had a trip to Switzerland and Italy and Spain, and you had to cancel it, I'm sorry. I did. And we're gonna talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that today. Yes. And why you canceled that trip. And so first of all, sorry you had to cancel. Those are all mm -hmm. incredible places. Right. I know you'll get to go again soon. Yep. But the first thing I wanted to do is just have you introduce yourself to our amazing audience. Sure, absolutely. Well, so I've been a clinician for many years. I'm a marriage and family therapist. Mm -hmm. So I had a private practice, long, long time, almost 20 years. And from there, I decided to go into consulting, therapeutic and educational consulting. Mm -hmm. I became a professional member of IECA so I could really understand the different levels of care and just different programs and resources for families across the United States. So mm -hmm. I did that for several years, which is how I got to know J. Flowers Health That's Institute right. from our firm and when they referred clients here. So I already knew how amazing this institute was. And so when you all reached out to me, hey, would you like to try clinical outreach? At first I thought, well, that's really, I'm a therapist, <laughs> you know, that's my background and a consultant. So what would my role be? And to really have the opportunity to talk about what we do, share what we do from a clinical perspective was an amazing opportunity. And I'm so grateful because I've been here two years now and absolutely love what I do. Love well, being able to share the message. <laughs> and we're so happy to have you because you do an outstanding job and you represent Jay Flowers Health so well. And thank you for that. What got you into the field? I know you have a husband that's a, he's a surgeon, I believe. Dental. Dental mm -hmm. surgeon. Yes. Yep. And you have beautiful children. Tell us yeah. about your family and really what made you become or what, how'd you decide to become a marriage and family therapist? Sure. So my husband, I have it. We've been married almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. We have a 19 year old and 25 year old boys. And so years ago, my background was in neuroscience and I thought I just wanted to be a researcher because I was so interested in biopsychology and how the brain works. 
And then really we had, my husband and I had some difficulties having children. And so through some tragedy of that, we ended up in a marriage and family therapist couples counseling session. And just because it was so difficult of a time for us and sitting there, she really helped us see that we were more on the same page than Mm -hmm. we realized. We were just coming at it from different directions. And she was able to help us heal and figure out how to move forward. And it was actually my husband who said to me one day, he was looking around her office and he said, you should be doing this. You're so great with people and you love the one-on-one, you know, you shouldn't be stuck behind the desk and just on the computer all day. And it just sort of shifted my focus because I hadn't thought about it before. But that day in that office, I said, you know what? I do want to do this. I want to help somebody the way we were helped by this person. So that marriage and family therapist is what started me on my journey. And I never looked back. Yeah. So many of the mental health professionals that you know, that I know, Mm -hmm. really in our field, even in the world of addiction, Mm -hmm. are in their field because of their history. So you had a natural egress into marriage and family therapy. And that's amazing. And then how did you go from a clinician to being an educational consultant? Well, I ended up moving. So my private practice was in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And when my father-in-law died, we moved to LA to be closer to my husband's mother and take care of her and that kind of thing. And when we made that shift, I didn't want to start over again and Mm -hmm. start a brand new private practice. And someone offered me the opportunity to go into consulting. And I thought, well, this is great because I can use my clinical background, but it was something new and different. And I love a challenge and really felt like it was time to reinvent myself a little bit. And that's how I started the consulting world. Great. Mm -hmm. And you were an amazing consultant because we got to work with you Mm -hmm. here at Jay Flowers Health Institute and referred back and forth. Mm -hmm. And that was a great experience. And then you came on as business development and you were a little bit, had some trepidation about that. And we said, oh my gosh, you're going to be amazing. You're going to be brilliant. And you have been for the last two years. Really, you've traveled the world, mostly the United States, doing business Mm -hmm. development. Talk a little bit about your experience in doing what you do in business development. Absolutely. Well, my whole goal is to bring the message of what we do to people who haven't heard of us, people that have heard of us or that Mm -hmm. work with us to strengthen those relationships. Because for us, you know, we're all about collaboration. We want to work with other programs. We want to work with other clinicians Mm -hmm. side by side so that we can all service the clients the best way that we can. And I really enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy hearing different perspectives on how to treat people because we, it's not just a one size fits all. We are all, we're, we look at so many different avenues of how to help someone Mm -hmm. and we're such a holistic approach and Not many programs are like that. And there is, you know, I I take pride in saying we're the only medical and mental health model diagnostic evaluation Mm -hmm. program in the country. Mm -hmm. And we do it really well. And that message needs to get out there to people. So I love when I can go in and have someone say, oh, we haven't heard of you. And say, let me tell you, let's sit down. Absolutely. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. my philosophy is always to get to know the person first. I don't jump in and just start talking about what we do. I want to know, well, where is this person coming from? What do they do? And how do they, you know, how would they respond to us? But also, can we use them as a resource? And right. we always want to know good professional people who are at the top of their game, just like we right. are. So that's the fun part of the job is yeah. being able to just meet with a lot of different people. And I enjoy that so much. I love the traveling and every part of the country is has its own culture. And that's interesting too, because when we have so many diverse clients coming to mm-hmm. us, we need to know well, where's the best next step after they leave us. Right. And it's important to get to know those people in place. Absolutely. What's the next conference that you're attending? The AIS conference is is? next week.
week. AIS is the Association of Intervention Specialists, yes. and it's in San Antonio next oh, week. Oh, cool. That'd yeah. be easy drive or flight, either yep. one. Are you going to drive I'm driving or over straight from Are here. So. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, this is the first year I haven't gone to that in years. Mm -hmm. That'll be a great conference it in San Antonio. Be. And then... After that, I think, are you going to Seattle? I am to Excellent. the IECA is the Independent Educational Consultants Association. Yes. And that's taking place in Seattle where that's you're presenting. Be, I am so excited to get back to Seattle. I haven't yes. been there in quite a while. And I spent, as you know, a long period of mm -hmm. my life there. Yes, you did. And it's an amazing city. So I'm looking forward to being back and seeing all of our friends up there Absolutely. and doing that conference together. That'll be great. It will be. And, you know, Claudia, if you don't mind, I'd love for the audience to know about your own personal experience in health. Mm -hmm. You know, you're an amazingly healthy woman. You work out, you go skiing, you run, I think, you do mm -hmm. all types of physical activity. Mm -hmm. You're in great shape. And yet you recently had a medical complication that was a very out of the, like, completely unknown arena, correct? Right. And right. so tell our audience what happened and kind of your experience and what you've done. Sure. Well, it's interesting because I am very health conscious. And so I go to the doctor, I get my yearly exams, I do everything proactively that I possibly can. And so recently I went to see a cardiologist because, you know, the age I'm at, I thought, well, I need to check and make sure my heart is okay. Let's see where we're at. And he put me on a heart monitor. He had done EKGs and all, everything looked very normal, but again, proactively, let's just make sure because there's some heart disease in my family sure. and we wanted to make sure I was where I needed to be. So I wore a heart monitor for a week and I was at a conference in Aspen, had been skiing, all day. I won the NASTAR yeah. ski race in my age group. Yeah. You know, it just, I had a phenomenal week you up at 13,000 feet. You were doing some vigorous exercise I at 13,000 feet in yes. Aspen. Yes. And yeah. I could breathe great. So many people around me were, you know, passing out. They couldn't breathe right. It, yeah. it was difficult at that sure. high altitude. And the cardiologist called me 8.30 at night and he said, I got the results from your heart monitor and we have some grave concerns that your heartbeat has been stopping. And it's, one was for six seconds, one I believe was 11 seconds. And he said, that's on the verge of passing out or worse. Sure. And he said, you need to get back to LA and we need to put a pacemaker in you. Wow. Those were his exact words. And this is coming from a top surgeon at Cedar sinai in Los Angeles. And right away, that the anxiety had to make your heart stop right it there. It did. It did. It, my husband as well, he was with me and the doctor was on speakerphone. And wow. my husband, who's a surgeon as well, he said, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. They want to put a pacemaker in right away. So we came back and they actually had my surgery scheduled before I even had the consultation with the cardiologist. Wow. And I said, I'm not doing it until I speak to the cardiologist, which I did. My husband also accompanied me to make sure we had a second set of ears listening. And they said, well, this is what's happening and we need to do that because we don't want you to, you know, sure. to die, basically right. is what they had said to me. And of course, my trip to Europe was supposed to be two days later. Yep. And so I said, this is an emergency. I need to, and they said, yes, you need to have this right now. And it just didn't sit right with us because we asked, well, shouldn't we be doing some other testing? Should we do an MRI? This was our question. Should we do, they didn't, no one offered that to us. Right. They just wanted to just have me go under the knife. Mm -hmm. And my husband said to me, you need to call Dr. Flowers. <laughs> and he said, you work for Jay Flowers Health Institute. I think that's where you should be. And of course I called you immediately in tears and upset. And you yeah. said, no, get on the next plane, come to Houston you need to see our doctors. Yeah. And so my husband came with me. I was here for two weeks as a client of Jay Flowers and got to be exposed to 
the most amazing professionals. I had already known how great they were based on our clients and right. mingling with them and knowing, getting to know some of these specialists. But the care that I got here was, I can't even say second to none. There's just nobody else that could give this care, I believe, because from the very first day when I saw the cardiologist, he, after spending an hour with us talking to me just about history and this and that. And this is the actual cardiologist, not just the nurse, right. which is usually what happens. He had the phone picked up. He was calling the next specialist saying, okay, you need to go down the street to, it's another hospital, but this specialist should see you. I had testing lined up. I mean, it was just two weeks of constant testing and monitoring. They left no stone unturned as is what we do here at sure. J Flowers. And as it turned out, he said, you have a very healthy heart. We can't really explain what's happening with these pauses in your heartbeat, mm -hmm. but it doesn't warrant having a pacemaker right now when we're not 100% sure. None of them felt good about it. And I watched them all collaborate with different specialists to make sure that they were doing the right thing by not putting the pacemaker in. Mm -hmm. And... As it turned out, I ended up, I flew home after two weeks. They put me on a live monitor so mm -hmm. that they could just monitor me for another two weeks. Let and me then... pause you for just sure. a second, if you don't mind. Sure. So it went so far, and I want to give out a shout out to Dr. Emerson Perrin, yes. your cardiologist at mm -hmm. Texas Heart Institute, which is Absolutely. amazing. He is the cardiologist of choice for us at J Flowers Health Institute. He's absolutely brilliant and amazing, has done a phenomenal job with you and yes. aligning you with the right heart specialist exactly. to do each test that you had. Yep. And I think that it went so far as you were actually on the operating table at I one was. point and they were putting you under anesthesia. Yes. And they stopped. They did. And the surgeon said, I don't feel comfortable moving forward with yes. a pacemaker today. I want to run more tests. Exactly. And that was after I'd already had a boatload of tests mm -hmm. and we had decided collectively, they wanted us included in this decision-making. They said, yeah. you meet the criteria for a pacemaker, but you're a strange case. It mm -hmm. does and it doesn't just because the rest of my heart was so healthy. Right. Muscular, healthy. All of that. Yes. Yeah. No clogged arteries, no sign, nothing yeah. enlarged, mm -hmm. nothing, no sign of heart disease. Everything just looks at my heart. My blood pressure is very low. So, and that was another key thing too, is that I've always had low blood pressure, but they said, this is really, truly a little bit too low. So let's work on this and maybe see if that's maybe not part mm -hmm. of the cause and what can we do about right. that? So they're looking at other avenues, but at one point they said, well, if we want to be really safe, let's do the pacemaker. So mm -hmm. I was scheduled, I was on the operating table <laughs> and all of that. And I finally wrapped my head around it. Okay. I guess I'm going sure. to have this now. And he pulled back and he consulted with another doctor, actually in another state, even mm -hmm. another specialist, right. in addition to the specialist here in Texas, just to make sure. And they all agreed, you know what, let's do more let's testing. Stop. Let's wait it out. Let's pause. Let's pause. So I wore that live monitor for two weeks. I just came back this week on Monday. Mm -hmm. I had a minor surgery that implants a permanent health heart monitor in, which is what I have right now. Right much less invasive, but they can see it in real time and know that if I have episodes or it becomes dangerous, I will be right back on a plane here to have a pacemaker when and if I should need it. Because right. he said, it's possible that you may only need this if those pauses never get more than right. three to five seconds. Right. Absolutely. So, and you have an, is it an app on your phone? Or? It is an app on yeah. my phone. The technology is amazing. I spoke to a few other, I consulted with some cardiologists too, and they said that right. is very cutting edge what you have. Yeah. So it is a real time monitor and they will know instantly if something's going awry with my heart. Right. Absolutely. As will I. All right. Now here's my concern. Have they cleared you to drive yet? 
Yes, they have. Now they have. <laughs> I hadn't been before. Yeah, the last two weeks were rough not driving. I'm very independent, especially Absolutely. living in L.A. It's got to be. Yeah, in L.A., you It have was to drive. not easy. Yeah. No. It's not no. like you're in Boston or New York right, City. Right, right. Yeah. Nope, nope, no. I Now with this monitor, I should be able to do just about anything. They told me I could get back to, I can ski, I can run, I can do all of those things. Amazing. Yeah. So if something were to go wrong, it mm-hmm. alerts you and the physician at the same yes, time. exactly. Right. That's fantastic. Yes. So with all of that said, mm-hmm. you know, the, what we talk about oftentimes on understanding the human condition mm-hmm. is the human condition. So here you are, this amazingly healthy woman living your life. And all of a sudden you're told in California and Houston, mm-hmm. you may, or in California, you need a pacemaker mm-hmm. here. We're looking at a pacemaker, mm-hmm. right? How did that affect your mental state? It was so hard because I just felt like when I think about pacemakers, I think about grandpa with his cane. And I know that's, you know, there are people that are in their 20s that need a pacemaker because their heart is not working well. Mm -hmm. But usually that's somebody with significant heart disease or possibility of having a heart attack. And feeling that, it just stopped me dead in my tracks because I thought, how is this possible that I suddenly have this? And it was so debilitating Mm -hmm. mentally for me. I basically shut down. I was a zombie, I think for two weeks walking around. And that's why I I was so, I was so grateful to have this supportive environment because without that, I don't know how I would have gotten through it. Honestly, it was really one of the most challenging things facing my mortality all of a sudden and wondering like, how how did this happen? Right. I'm sure you and your husband had many conversations, many conversations, many, and your children. Mm -hmm. That too. They were also very worried. They're still worried. They're a little less worried now that I have the monitor. They're right. feeling better about it. Good. But still, it's just disconcerting because when you have a disease or something that progresses, you can follow it and you're a little more prepared. But when it suddenly just out of nowhere comes that, hey, this is what right. you may have going on. It's just, it was yeah. very hard. Yeah. Still is, but better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> better. Good. Yeah, you seem to be doing so well. You feel better. You sound great. And I feel much better. We have a hectic week here this week, and yes, you're we keeping do. up with everyone and running circles <laughs> around to. all of us. <laughs> Trying to. You know, I just want to say thank you so much for being willing to talk about your heart. I don't want to say heart condition, but what your heart moment. Right. My heart <laughs> that you've moment. Had. That's, right. That's right. We'll call it a moment in that time. That sounds good. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure it's going to be fantastic and you're never going to have to have a pacemaker. And if you do, the technology is there and it is. it's okay. And I'm very confident now. I at least know now that if I do need one, I'm confident they're making the right decision and that, yes, I do need one. And I think that's what will be much easier than this uncertainty I had before. Well, wait a minute. You haven't even done any other testing yet. You want to go and do this. So I have such confidence with the doctors here. I will not do it anywhere else. I will do it here with these doctors who I know know me well, too. I will say, too, I've been sharing with people that the surgeon here that he's the electrophysiologist mm-hmm. that put this device in dr john seeger i have mm-hmm. to give him a plug because sure. he's so amazing after the procedure he walked me down the elevator outside to where i needed to be where my ride was picking me up wow. and i don't know a lot of surgeons that are going to walk out of right. any operating room or anything and come and make sure that you're okay and that you're being picked up and usually that's a nurse or something but I feel like they are so hands-on because every doctor was like that with me every single one I have all their cell phone numbers I accidentally called Dr. Perrin one day because I was panicking (laughs) I didn't realize it was his cell phone Uh and he said no 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 he talked to me for 30 minutes middle of the day I don't know what he was doing during that time he didn't hesitate to just you know reassure me and yes and answer questions which 
that's why I'm happy to share this story with whoever will listen because sure. finally being a client of J Flowers and being able to express what it really feels like mm -hmm. to get this kind of care, it's it makes it more amazing to do this job. I feel like I can talk about it even better now because Absolutely. I've had my own experience. Yeah, and you've seen the collaboration. Yes. You've seen, mm -hmm. you know, the Texas Medical Center was built, started being built in 1962 on the mindset of cross-institutional collaboration mm -hmm. and bringing in the top minds in research, science, and medicine in the world to the Texas Medical Center. And it truly is a center for excellence. And you got to witness what we do with the Texas Medical Center and the physicians in the Texas Medical Center and witness really firsthand how that cross-institutional collaboration works. Dr. Perrin called me a dozen times over the last two weeks, mm -hmm. right? Just to fill me in on how you're doing. And that was reassuring for me, both mm -hmm. as your friend, right, right, and working with you to know that you're doing okay and mm -hmm. that if something is necessary, he's there for you. But he kept us updated at J Flowers and what all of the other physicians were doing and how they were collaborating with each other and then ultimately with us. Which so, is amazing. Yeah. I just find it. I have, and you know, my husband who has studied his medical practice in different countries where they have different specialties for, he's an implant, dental implant surgeon. So he said he's never seen medical care like this ever. And he's been to many top institutions throughout the world. He said just the way they communicate with each other mm -hmm. and, and also the kindness and the human level, right. which you don't always experience either, particularly right. with surgeons. Absolutely. Uh, the bedside manner of everybody was phenomenal. Yeah. So... I'm so happy for you. Thank and you know, and we'll end on letting everybody know that it's not just medicine that mm -hmm. we work with, of course. Right. It's medicine, it's mm -hmm. mental health, it's psychiatry, which yep. is mental health, of course. It's addiction. Mm -hmm. It's many, many, many things mm -hmm. in the human condition that affect us. Exactly. And you also notice probably through your journey here that all one condition affects the rest of your body. It sure does. And if you don't fix one, the rest of it's not going to be okay. Exactly. And so I'm so happy for you. And if you guys need help or looking for anything medically, psychologically, psychiatrically, mm -hmm. or anything else, reach out to us at jflowershealth.com, 713-783-6655. And Claudia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's yeah, wonderful. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd like to remind everyone watching or listening to us that there are numerous platforms to find our podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Please share this episode on social media or with someone that you think it could help. Absolutely. And we remind you also that a clear diagnosis is key to the most effective treatment possible. Yes, it is. See you next Thanks week. Thanks again, Robin. Thank yeah. you.